So in reading uh, these readings for this weekend and in reflecting on them, preparing for this homily, I started to think a lot about parenthood, and what it means to be a child and what it means to be a parent. Obviously, uh, as a priest, I'm not a parent, but I get to see a lot of people be parents in the parish, uh, in the school, um, and of course in my own family growing up. I'm the oldest of my siblings, so I got to see the way my parents raised them. And I've noticed that being a parent seems a lot of the time to be uh, a series of telling your kids no on things, right? So I've got, uh, I'm friends with a couple, um, young married couple, and they've got four kids all under the age of five. So I, when I go over to their house, it's a party, right? There's lots of things going on. The kids are running around all over the place. And often what the parents are doing is saying no to the things that their kids want to do. It's like, no, you can't eat candy and pie for dinner. No, you can't stay up all night and play with your toys. No, you can't go out in the street and play around. You'll get hurt if you do those things. Those things will be bad for you if you do those things. And from the child's perspective, they're just simply asking for something that they want. They're asking for something that seems good to them at the time. But from the parent's pers perspective, they can see that, no, actually, if I let you do that, that would be a bad thing for you, even if the child can't understand that. And it goes beyond that, right? Even as children get older, as they get into their teenage years, the same thing still applies. Teenage children ask for crazy things sometimes. It's like when the teenage boy asks his dad, like, hey, dad, can my friends come over and can we like, go up on the roof and then jump off the roof into the pool? And dad's like, no, are you crazy? No, you're going to kill yourselves if you do that. Or when he gets his license and says, hey, dad, can I have the keys to the car? Me and my friends are going to drive down to Mexico for uh, uh, spring break. We're going to spend the week down there. Dad's like, no, you're insane. You can't do those things. And at that point, the teenager might be tempted to say things like, ah, oh, my parents don't understand me. Um, they just not, they, they don't want me to have fun. They're angry at me or something like that. But again, from the parent's perspective, they can see those things and say, no, I'm not going to let you do that because it's dangerous, because it's bad for you. And they're being a good parent by not giving their children what they desire in that moment. Okay, now hang on to that as we dive into these readings. And I want to look mostly at our second reading today from the letter of St. James. He's got two really important lines that I want to pull out from there. So he says, uh, you do not possess because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. All right, so again, you do not possess because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly. So we'll take both of those statements. First of all, you do not possess because you do not ask. And this one is pretty straightforward for us, brothers and sisters. In our prayer, we have to be diligent in asking God for things. Sometimes we fall into that trap and say to ourselves, well, God knows me. God knows everything about me. He knows all of the things that I need already. Which, on one level, is true. Of course, he's God. He's uh, omniscient. He knows everything. But as a loving father, 
he still wants us to communicate those needs to him. And his will is such that, in some cases, he will only give us those things if we pray for them. He wants us to pray for them, and then he will give them to us. We have to remember also that, um, you, you know, sometimes we can get to this place where we're not sure if we should pray for something or if something is important enough to pray for or something like that. Well, here's the basic rule. If it's lawful to desire, if it's okay to desire, then it's okay to pray for. So something you couldn't pray for would be something sinful, right? You couldn't pray for God to give you like extra special ninja powers so that you could be really good at stealing things from people, right? That would be a sinful thing. That would be something that you can't pray for. But if it's okay to desire, if it's okay to want, then it's okay to pray for that thing. So I'll give you a couple examples here. When I was in the seminary, we would do our holy hours, our hour of adoration very early in the morning. We would start at six. It was before breakfast and before we started the day. And sometimes, I'll just be honest with you, as I was sitting there in adoration, my mind would wander uh, to think about what we were gonna have for breakfast that day. And sometimes I would find myself wanting a certain thing. Maybe it was bacon and eggs or whatever. In that moment, it's okay to pray for that. It's okay for me to desire bacon and eggs. So it's okay for me to make a little prayer to God and say, God, it would be really awesome if we had bacon and eggs this morning. Can we please have that? And then you move on to your more important prayers. Again, it's okay to desire. It's okay to pray for Another example, I played sports my whole life going into uh, leading up to seminary. And before my events, I would say a prayer. I would say a prayer for the strength to compete well, say a prayer that everyone stays safe, there's no injuries, that sort of thing. But I would also pray for my team to win. Again, it's okay to want that. You should want that if you're competing. It's okay to pray for that. And then we also know the more important things that we're supposed to pray for. We pray for ourselves, for the gifts that we need, the virtues that we need. We pray for our family members. Maybe if somebody's sick around us, we can pray for healing. We pray for our world, pray for our country, for an end to terrorism, for an end to abortion. All of these uh, very important things, we pray for those as well. And of course, we should spend way more time on the more important things than we spend on praying about breakfast, right? Um, but it's still okay to pray for those things. And we need to be bold. We need to be specific in our prayers when we ask God for things. Don't be afraid to ask God for the things that you want and for the things that you need. Because as St. James says, you do not possess because you do not ask. We have to ask, brothers and sisters. So that's the first step. The second step, then, is a little tougher to understand. He says, you ask but do not receive because you ask wrongly. You ask but do not receive because you ask wrongly. And we think to ourselves, well, okay, Lord, if I'm sick, say, uh, if I pray to the Lord to heal me, to make me not sick anymore, we might say to ourselves, well, how could I ask that wrongly? How could that be a wrong thing to ask for? And I think, brothers and sisters, the answer lies in not in the petition itself, but the disposition with which we're asking. So we need to take Jesus as our model. 
We remember Jesus on the cross, his sacrifice, of course. But before he died on the cross, he had that moment of prayer in the garden the night before, where he sweat blood in anticipation of his passion. And we remember the prayer that he made to the Father in that moment. He said, Lord, Father, let this cup pass from me. In other words, Father, don't make me have to go through this. Don't make me have to, be, to suffer and to be crucified in this way. But then, the more important part, at the end of the prayer, he says, Yet not my will, but yours be done. Not my will, but yours be done. So brothers and sisters, when we make our prayer, be specific, be bold, absolutely do those things, but also surrender it to the will of your heavenly Father. Say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And remember, again, that we are all children of God the Father. And so go back to what I was talking about at the beginning of the homily now, how parents treat their children uh, with the things that they ask for. And recognize that we're the children when we ask God for things. God can see everything. He sees the whole picture. He knows what's good for us and what's bad for us. And so even when we're presenting our petitions to him, sometimes, even if they seem really good to us, even if we can't tell how that could possibly be a bad thing for us, God is our father. He's the parent, and he sees it clearly. He might say, no, I'm not going to give that to you because that's actually not good for you. That would actually be a worse thing for you. And then we can't let ourselves turn in to the angry teenager that says, oh, God's angry at me. God doesn't listen to me. God doesn't want me to have the things that I want. We can't let ourselves do that. We have to remember that God is our Father. He loves us and He only gives us the things that are good for us. And so we surrender that prayer to God the Father, to His will, to His providence, because we know His plan is the best for us. He's God. He's perfect. It can't be anything other than that. And what a beautiful thing that it is that we're here today at the Mass, the most powerful prayer that the Church has to offer, because it is the prayer of Jesus Christ Himself. The sacrifice of Jesus Christ, through which He glorifies God the Father. And now we, being here, participating in that sacrifice, can really unite our intentions to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and make them infinitely more powerful than we could ever pray on our own. Because again, we're participating, participating in the prayer of Jesus Christ. So what a beautiful thing that it is that we're here today, brothers and sisters, that we have this opportunity every week to spend this time with Jesus, to pray well, to offer the most powerful prayer of the church and ask God for the things that we need. So let us continue to persevere in our prayer, asking God for those things, praying specifically, praying boldly, but always surrendering it to the will of the Father so that we can be pleasing to him, so that he can give us the good things that we need, and so that when we finally meet him at our judgments, we will hear those beautiful words, this is my beloved son or daughter with whom I am well pleased.